0: I'm Sarah Elizabeth Smith, and this is the Theosophia Podcast, a platform for women's voices in theology. You can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Theosophia, and consider donating to this Labor of Love project for women's empowerment. Happy New Year's Eve, everybody. Stay safe out there tonight. I'm going to jump right into this week's episode because it's a little longer than usual. It's round two with Heather and Kelsey Davis. Heather is the Director of Annual Giving for the Hospice Giving Foundation in Monterey, California, and Kelsey is the Curator for Emerging Communities in the Episcopal Diocese of El Camino Real. This week, we hear from Heather and Kelsey about what marriage means to them. We explore the idea of marriage as sacrament, what they did to prepare for marriage, and what they do to help their relationship flourish. Hope you all enjoy this lovely conversation. Here are the Davises. First of all, I just want to say that what you guys, and we're going to go through this, but what you guys have done with your relationship, the preparation you've done, just how you think about marriage, what your marriage is, what you're doing with your marriage, who you guys are as people, you guys you guys give me hope. You give me hope that like, I don't know, that this concept of marriage is real, that it's something that humans can do, even though we're really fucked up. Mm. And that two imperfect people can love each other, you know? And and that love can be a real thing, and that God can can love through each other, you know? Yes. And it really it can work. And it's not gonna be, like I said, perfect or magical Disney stories, but but it's real. But it's something that I think we have to take more seriously. It's something we gotta prepare and, and plan and work hard at and, and being on the same page. And I just I applaud you guys for doing all that stuff and that you continue to do it. And I'm really pumped up to have this conversation because I think if there's two people who 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 took marriage seriously, going into it and are, are being a great example for the world of what marriage looks like, it's you guys.
1: Thank you, Sarah. So let's start with the light
2: stuff. How did you How did you guys meet? Um, we met um, I had just gotten back from Spain. And it was during the summertime, July um, of 2014. And every summer I work a sport leadership academy or had with Julie Foudy, our, our captain of life. <laughs> and she runs this amazing sport leadership academy for young girls to just. Yeah, she's a goddess, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, love,
0: love me some Julie Foudy.
2: Me too. And so I got back from Spain, I really did not, I didn't have it in me. I was like all in my head and in my heart and just introspective and to go like be goofy with 12 year olds, just like it was just a real big shock. So, but I knew it was the right thing to do and it's Julie Fowdy. So you do it and you show up yes, do. Mm-hmm. and you your dancing shoes. And so that's what I did. And, um, and I was, it was the first night of camp. And I'm sitting in the cafeteria and everybody had left the dining hall. And for whatever reason, I'm like lingering awkwardly. And I'm just sitting at this table by myself for whatever reason. And I just, something in me said, oh, let's just like turn around and look out those windows and look out the door. And I look and this beautiful human walks through the door and everything inside me leapt and said, that's the person you're going to marry. And I was like, "Just stupid. I know. I was seriously like, what the fuck? Because it was not, it was not legal. Mm
0: -hmm. It,
2: I didn't know who this person was, if how she identified. Well, she was an asshole. I know. (laughs) And I mean, it could have been. (laughs) Um, And then I just like, I just come off, you know, this walk and a master's program where I had, my thesis was on, like the socialization of young girls and women in American society and talking about how marriage has oppressed women for decades. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, for me, <laughs> for that to be the first thought that comes, it was just like, what is that thought? Um, and I, so I'm like, I'm going to hang around a little longer. And she goes and gets like pasta and a salad. And I just pull out a chair right as she walks by very strategically. I pull out a chair and say, You can sit here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So
1: so she pulls out the chair and I'm really, I'm in the cafeteria looking around and there were a couple people left. And I thought, wow, what hospitality. (laughs) 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 Wow. How nice. Yeah. (laughs) And so my first thought was like, wow, Um, like so generous. So I sat down and so generous. So So I'm I'm eating my, you know, iceberg lettuce salad and some pasta. We start talking about leadership in sports and um, what it means to be a mentor to young, you know, young girls. And we just start connecting. And then she tells me she just got back from Spain and, I know of the Camino. And so I'm, I'm like thinking, Oh boy, you know, um, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, wow, you know, these bright blue eyes are staring back at me and this person is pretty cool. Um, but, but we had to go to practice. So um, I think our conversation was pretty short mm-hmm. and um, short, but impactful. Yeah. And that was the start of our, our knowing of one another. Mm. Um, something inside of me was, was like, there's like this cosmic shift inside of me too. Um, But at the time I was in a relationship with somebody else. And so I, I was not in the business of flirting with that line. And so while I felt that cosmic shift, I also felt a deep sense of like, I really want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I want this stranger to respect me in the long run. Mm -hmm. And I remember this conversation with myself in my own head of like long run, like you need, like she lives in California, and like you're it just it was the most bizarre feeling in the entire world mm-hmm. like I wanted her respect, and I was like totally enthralled by her and how do I honor my current relationship feeling all of these feelings all at once mm-hmm.
0: so what drew you guys to each other eventually when you did get to Start talking and engaging, and
1: yeah, well, we hung out you know during the camp week, and um you know we were in community with other people, which I think helped to make sure that emotionally and physically we were respectful of one another. um we were always around other people, but definitely there was a deep sense of knowing and connection and mm-hmm. um we we started talking about poetry and spirituality, like art on, art on day two I mean we were sharing stuff back and forth really quickly. And, um, you know, we went our respective ways after camp. I feel like our lives both, you know, the dynamics within our lives changed, um, pretty naturally, you know, uh, my relationship ended Heather's relationship that she was kind of already out of ended. Um, we took a couple of months off. Um, we didn't talk to each other for those couple of months and then called her up and. Um, I said, hey, you know, is this, was this like a camp soccer love thing or is this real? <laughs> and she said, well, let's find out. And so um, she flew out and visited with me and it was certainly a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I needed some time and space to heal and to grieve um, the relationship that I was transitioning out of. And mm-hmm. um, and so Heather can tell you what she did because it's pretty Pretty good.
2: I mean, what'd you do? The most natural thing ever, which is
0: contemplate in the woods. Yeah,
2: pretty close. I went and worked on a farm in the middle of nowhere of North Carolina mountains. Mm,
0: that's the same thing.
2: And I harvested sweet potatoes, which Naturally. you can eat raw. Yeah, just so you know. Mm. But yeah, I didn't know that. It was um, it was my way of transitioning to and like almost metaphorically preparing myself in a weird way. Um, Cause I kind of had like that feeling like, Oh, this is, this is the, this is a big deal. This one, like mm-hmm. make sure you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really were intentional about just, I had a sense that I needed to prepare myself and be quiet and listen. And so the mountains have always been kind of my place. So I went mm-hmm. to where, where it felt home and felt like comfort. And um, yeah. And then we started talking again.
1: There is. um, So before she went out to the sweet potato farm in North Carolina, she came through and visited me Mm -hmm. and um, there was no, there were no promises on the table at that point. Um, We both kind of agreed that we were going to take some time to heal separately, Mm -hmm. but I did give her my first edition a first edition Thomas Merton book, "New Seeds of Contemplation."
0: I'm just trying to lock it in.
1: I know. I Before gave her my first. It was like my most prized possession at the time. That's such a
0: such a and classic I said, move.
1: I know. And <laughs> I, I
0: Move. I mean,
1: I gave it to her, and I said, "I hope I get this back someday." Mm-hmm. But like, say lovey, yeah. And we went our separate ways, and then I got a phone call from some random like number and heather was out of breath and you know I, I was like hello and she was out of breath she said hey it's it's heather so what are you doing why are you out of breath she said oh i just had to run 4 miles to find some cell phone service and i said oh that's awesome because i'm getting on the bus i got to go and uh, come up <laughs> And that's how the beginning was for a long time. Yeah. So, so Heather very much so was uh, chasing down, chasing me down, I think.
2: Oh, don't flatter yourself. Yeah. You were like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow.
1: no, but it was, it was, it was a beautiful mixture of closeness while also spaciousness, mm-hmm. you know, like there was a lot of space to heal and to grieve, but also definite intimacy and closeness and a desire to be close. Mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: so you guys decided to get in a relationship and you both moved to nashville because i decided i decided that was what needed to happen <laughs> for kelsey's
2: future <laughs> yeah
0: kelsey was silly enough to go along with it uh but you guys i feel like early on knew you wanted to get married that that am i am i making this up okay yeah. so you yeah so that was something you'd kind of been talking about um and so when you got to Nashville, you lived together and you were super intentional about that time before you dis did the the actual marriage thing. tell me about about that and why what that process was like, why you decided that and why why did you and just like why
1: why marriage mm. That's a really good question. Um, well, I'll speak to the intentionality in the first phase, and then maybe, Heather, you can chime in with why marriage, since okay. you didn't even believe in it as an yeah. institution.
0: Yeah, Heather, um, I feel like you just, you got, I
1: don't know.
0: She, I'm, I'm excited to hear Heather's.
1: Part. Yeah, she, yeah, it's it's cool. Um, well, the intentionality was that we we really wanted to make sure that um, as a unit, um, that we really got to know each other and develop our bond of intimacy first before really launching into a ton of um, new friendships or a ton of new community stuff. Um, and that really, I think, was wisdom that we had we had received from years of kind of turbulent, chaotic relationships with other people partners um that it always with other partners had always been about other friendships and other communities and a lot of cheating had happened and so i think heather and i were like okay let's slow down let's really turn inward first towards each other and let's really make sure that like our home like our love is is in a really healthy place that our foundation is really good before both of us launch into a community because Uh once we get into a community, we know that we're going to have, hopefully, you know, relationships across the spectrum. And, um, and so we will know how to navigate those relationships in a healthy way and in a loving way that's hopefully life-giving for everybody if we're good. And Um, I
0: want, I want the record to show that I was not happy about this I
1: know. Yes.
0: At all. I didn't like it. I was very angry. I did not have access to Kelsey. And um, yeah, I mean, my, what, how old was I then? 28 year old self was very angry. I did not understand. And I thought um, this was all ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I you know was the first one of us to get married and what I did in that relationship was um but it just it wasn't it wasn't mature there wasn't a good foundation I didn't do it right
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay like that's how I could sum up my marriage experience and so now looking back from all I know and have learned and have healed and the work I've done on myself and just as a theologian thinking about marriage more Mm. outside of grad school. Cause you know, grad school is like drinking from a fire hose. There's so much information you're just trying to, you know, survive, survive it. Um, But actually having the space to think about marriage and to work through what I did wrong. And then look at you, you guys who I've always supported, not, you know, of course I'm, you know, I'm your honorary friend, Sarah, that, You know, I get fired up and I have a kind of a strange, uh, intense personality. And, you know, I'm going to get irritated about things when they don't go my way. So, but looking back and just seeing what you did now, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Especially given how wild divinity school is. My God, seminary is a shit show. It is an absolute shit show (laughs) and to think that you guys are just gonna move in together having like had like how long were you in a long distance relationship like a couple months six months
1: three or four months maybe
0: yeah so I mean you guys just make this huge life shift and now you won't hang out with me (laughs) (laughs) or only at certain moments you know of course we hung out but I mean (sighs) it's a really mature thing to do. This Mm -hmm. is, this is like super spiritually mature is -hmm. what it is that you guys would take a step back and say, you know, what's the most important thing right now is that we get solid first. Mm -hmm. You guys are in a brand new community. You're really brand new to each other. I mean, you feel the connection, but like you got to kind of got to prove it to one another first, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. it all makes perfect sense to me now. And like what I told you, like the next time I get married, cause I do, I, I, I think I would like that. That would be nice one day to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so, I'm so, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I get it, but okay. But, but why marriage? You guys are just trying to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. That's all I know up to this point. You're doing, you're laying the foundation. You're, you're just, you're making sure this thing's going to work and you have each other's backs and you know each other and all the things. But then what, what is it about the, the M word?
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's such an amazing question. Like, and I would love to know, like these, these people, have, like, you know, they're, they've been married for 70 years, like asking them to like, when was the, how did you know? Why, why did you not just live together? How did you know the moment where it was like, yeah, let's get married. Um, well, I think for me and Kelsey, you can say how you knew you were, you were ready, but for me it was, you know, going back to coming off of this pilgrimage and it changed my life. And I met this person that then changed my life because I had gone almost 30 years and felt like nobody, like I couldn't really, really connect with anybody deeply. Like there was this mystery or this void or I felt a little bit unknown. And I really think that that's why I tended to hide a lot Um, because we hide because we're afraid of being misunderstood, right? So like I hid Um, And then I ran into this person and I felt really understood and seen and like everything was very clear in an instant. Um, So for me, that was spiritual. And so it automatically moved the whole relationship from my head and everything being externally facing. Like I didn't even care what my parents would say, where normally I would be very concerned Mm -hmm on how they would take me dating another woman. Mm -hmm. They didn't like the first couple. Like they weren't going to like this. So Mm -hmm. it moved everything from my head and ideas about things and theories even. And it dropped it into like my belly. And um, it was like this knowing of this is right. And what a gift to be presented with this person that I deeply connect with. And what an adventure to be able to try and wake up next to this person every day and get to know them as they're evolving and I'm evolving and to practice these words like love, forgiveness, Mm. patience, Mm -hmm. acceptance, Mm -hmm. um, forgiveness again, (laughs) Uh, healing, but like to really like live that out. And um, so for me, from beginning to end, knowing Kelsey, it was always very spiritual. Like I want to be with this person. And if marriage is the name that society calls this union, okay, we'll do that. But whatever it was, I was ready to make a really deep commitment. um, Mm. And to call it a a life union, whatever you wanted, Um, I was ready. And I knew it was this person. But what
0: So then, what is marriage? Then, what? 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 What do you? How are you both conceptualizing what this is? Maybe Mm. that's what I want to know. I hear commitment. Mm.
2: What is marriage?
1: What is marriage?
0: Mm. I'm gonna ask the deep stuff, you guys.
1: Well, I think I think it needs to be said for the record too that, um, you know, when we think about a union, a partnership. Marriage, like Heather just said, if if society wants to call it marriage, or the church wants to call it marriage, and that's that's the noun or the verb that we're going to use to name this sort of sacred unifying force that's happening, that's fine. And also, for the record, I think it's it's important for us also to recognize that it's the the any union. Um, that's occurring. That's loving and life giving, life giving and liberating. Is a union that is sacred, um, and by sacred, I mean spiritual in the way that it's generative. That something that's happening between the two people is creating a third thing that's bigger than the individuals. Um, and so, for me, yes, we have chosen to participate in this institution, like we sign the papers, right, like legally. Um, you know, we had the marriage witnessed and blessed by a pastor. Um, and could we have continued in our relationship without signing those papers or having the witness or the blessing of that pastor? Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. So why did we choose to enter into the social aspect, right? The sociological aspect, let alone the theological aspect of marriage. Um, you know, for me at least it was, it became legal in 2015 and it was an institution that I felt was a privilege and a gift to participate in. Mm -hmm. It was a right that was not afforded to us prior to 2015. Mm -hmm. And so there's something for us to be said. And we talked about this as a couple that that was a huge historical moment in our country Mm -hmm. and that that was something that we felt called to participate in, in our, the social structure of this country. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think theologically and spiritually that there's something really beautiful about two individuals that are incredibly diverse. I mean, we are, we are so different in Mm -hmm. so many ways Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that are joining and that the space between us is the sacred, generative, fluid space that continues to indict and invite both of us. And what I mean by that is that it refines us as our human being selves and continues to invite us into what I think is the greatest mystery, which is unity and kindness and forgiveness and healing and love, like the ultimate realities. Um, and so, so for us, it's, it's, yes, it's both a practical and sociological decision as much as it is, I think, a theological and a spiritual one. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: and frankly, Heather just wanted my last name because it's cooler than
2: (laughs) 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 Boring old Davis. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay.
1: And. And I would say, Sarah, I mean, if we're going to put the word sacrament out there. So sacraments are are what? Are outward signs of an invisible grace that we receive, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as people, both of us, who are deeply embodied, we take incarnation very seriously. We take re- relationality very seriously, meaning that, yes, we inter- understand that we're Connected and in relationship in relationship to all that is, but the dynamic of that relationship is what we call relationality mm-hmm. so that for us is what has to be like approached very intentionally um, but that the God is is movement is infinite motion is generous is love is all of these things and ultimately um you know the hope is that in our saying yes to each other that we would be bound then into a communal structure that is bigger than ourselves which i think theologically is trinitarian in 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 nature yes right yes so there's always a third thing being born Mm -hmm. and holding us accountable Mm -hmm. in our union so it's never just about ourselves
0: Mm -hmm. i love all of it i love all of it so much
1: (laughs) do you want to add anything to that
2: no (laughs) i don't even know what you just said (laughs) (laughs) you lost me at trinitarian
1: (laughs)
0: feather here's some big words to go along with it yeah um no
1: but but, I think, but I, think, I think marriage has the potential or, or a union of that sort has the potential to be an engine for the universe. Like when two people have decided we want to say yes to each other and be indicted and invited every single day of our lives, like you even said it yourself, it gives you hope. And I think that that is the, the groundwork of the sacraments is that they produce hope. Mm-hmm. they are these incredibly tender gestures that remind us that something more infinite and more loving and more liberating is still in our midst.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that to me is where marriage fits into the sacramental p- picture is mm-hmm. that it is tender. Mm-hmm. Like, despite all of the statistics, despite all the odds, we still cheer each other on when people are, are trying to be married, right? Like, that's profound to me. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly hopeful.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys are making me emotional. <laughs> I, knew, I mean, I knew that would happen. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think you answered all my questions, um, all in one right there. 'Cause I think I think that's right. And I and I knew you would say that. Um, but I, I think that's what our culture is missing about marriage is that it is productive and it's not productive with babies. Like that that's not that is not what it's about. It can be. That's fine. But that that if that is all that you are doing, you're not doing it right.
1: Right. Yep. It is a spiritually It holds the capacity to be spiritually generative.
0: It has to be.
1: Right? Which is why the communal witness, like at our wedding, we could feel the orb of spiritual energy in the communal witness. And when I want to scream and when I, if I ever have a thought of of disunity, I understand that not only did I say yes to Heather, I said yes to our community. Mm-hmm. And also, the life in the space between us is something more than we will ever be as individuals. Yeah. And so, yeah. it is generating a third thing, mm-hmm. which is why it's Trinitarian.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's in constant, dynamic, integrative motion, there's always something else going on which I believe, Sarah, and I agree with you, is what our society misses completely. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: So what helps you guys keep flourishing?
2: Mm. I'd love to know what a lot of other people do in their marriages too. Um, I think being really intentional with our time, We we try and – carve out some sabbath on the weekends and take a day together put the phones away and which again
0: pisses me off
2: but fine whoops a daisy (laughs) (laughs) um and we go on an adventure and have an experience together Mm -hmm. um And knowing how one another receive and give love is so important. So for Mm -hmm. me, like, I'm like, I want to do something with you. I want to have an experience with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes for Kelsey, it's about like, let's talk through this thing that's kind of on my mind and heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and um, so I think knowing that is really helpful. Supporting one another and our work and our individuality. Like she got me a drum so I can drum and um, a rain stick because I wanted a rain stick and just, um, yeah, of course. (laughs) So Um, just kind of pouring into each of our own
1: colors in that way.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, What about for you?
1: I think that we are both deeply ritualistic people and we were both athletes. And so Um, finding what practices work for us as individuals and as a couple has been really key. So we have some spiritual practices that we both do pretty much every morning together. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we, we, we thought about, you know, what environment in our home life would cultivate like more intimacy for us Mm -hmm. and um, a sense of home and a space to be together. So like we don't have a TV. Mm hmm. Um when we get home for the most part we put our phones up. Um and so if we're in the house and it's quiet and that's okay, you Mm know. Um so learning to be quiet together is just as important, I think, as learning how to talk. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we we are we've always been deeply immersed into a community. And you know, when we were in Nashville, that was the St. Augustine's community. And so Mm -hmm. we, you know, now that we've built our foundation and continue to nurture that foundation. It's, it's also about being around people and um, having solid friendships and Mm -hmm. um, engaging in the world together. And we do that. We find that through the church, you Mm -hmm. know, that's a huge gift of the church is intergenerational relationships for us, you know, being able to hold babies and hold the hand of an an old woman, you know, in the Mm -hmm. pew is, is really important for our marriage, um, mm-hmm. the accountability of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray together. Every night we eat dinner and we pray together. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like so Christian. <laughs> so <evangelical. laughs> a lot of times it's like, thank you for this food. Yeah, you know, but, but it's really important. Um, mm-hmm. It's really important for us. You know, and, and I think the last piece um, is just knowing ourselves in the relationship, but we play a lot. Um, you know, we go through the football, we go hiking, mm-hmm. we paint together, um, we play the guitar, you know, so we, we play a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first year and a half of our marriage, we wrote each other letters every Friday mm-hmm. to check in during divinity school. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I guess those are just examples of, yeah. you know, for anyone who's like listening to this of, of what are the practices mm-hmm. that you need as an individual or you might long for as a couple
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that are nourishing for your mind, body, and your spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and how can you practice those things so that you're constantly in a tune-up phase of your relationship rather than catastrophe? Wheels are falling off the car. Mm-hmm. Now we need to figure out what's going on.
0: Right.
1: You know. So right, so right. we we try to limit the drama as much as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It still flares up every once in a while, but it's natural. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great, you guys. Um
1: I just I just wanna just make a comment, I guess. Um and really just the comment is that, you know, with the marriage conversation is that you know, I'm very passionate that Christian Christianity at large, but also, you know, the church um, the Modern Church that we need to do a better job at honoring um, the life transitions in all their forms, mm-hmm. and that that is you know a pastoral move on the church 's part, especially with rituals of ending or rituals of transition, mm-hmm. that you know we idol- we we idolize marriage in a lot of ways. Yes. And as someone who is married, um, that I want to recognize that and name that, um, that it can become an idolatry and, um, that people get divorced Mm -hmm. and relationships end and marriages, marriages end for very good reason. Yeah. And that the measure should be what is life giving, loving and liberating.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that the church I think has got to do a better job at walking with yes. people who are experiencing divorce mm-hmm. and rituals of ending and rituals of transition so that, you know, we welcome people into the community yeah. in this holy and sacred moment when we start the, these journeys. Yeah. But what about when we need to end them? Yep. And so yep. I just, yeah, I just wanted to name that as, yeah. Thank you. As a yeah, I'm I'm very passionate and also very sensitive to that.
0: Thanks again to my dear, sweet friends for joining me on the podcast to share about your relationship and theology of marriage. I hope this gets folks thinking about marriage more and just what one version of healthy relationality looks like in our wild world. Davis says, Thank you again for your example, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you two, personally and professionally. Y'all are rock stars. And as always, you can find Theosophia on all the social media sites, and be sure to stop by our Patreon page and consider supporting this Labor of Love podcast. See y'all next week for another stellar conversation with a woman in theology. Have a great week, and Happy New Year, everybody. Peace.